What is going on, guys? This is your main man, Ben, here, and we are Talk Active, practicing wisdom, justice, courage, and moderation. What's happening, y'all, man? Happy Monday. This is a different schedule again. One thing I learned of having a lot of different people to interview is you're going to work around their schedule, but this is mad fun. But once again, I would like to say and shout out, thank you for the support in this channel. Truly appreciate those little jabs, you know, coffee donations. It goes a long way. Amazing how little things push us to be better. That being said, I would also like to thank our new subscribers in our main channel. Almost 1,000 subscriber, guys. We're almost there. You know, it's, you know, hard work from reviewing texts and all that stuff. Our podcast was a separate channel, but, you know, that that's the main meat of our uh, um, channel. So if you missed the episode, by the way, episode, oh man, I'm choking up, episode 90, um, John Spears, he's one of my professors. He's amazing. Um, we talk about how he manages his life and skills. The broadcasting industry is really hectic and, and he works with a lot of artists, you know, in BET and high profile politicians, like big ones. And check it out in our last episode. It is amazing talk that we had. We had a lot of good insights because he was my teacher in broadcasting. But once again, we are in the month of August. The theme of the month is pragmatism. And there are many definitions of pragmatism, but we are practicing practicality to be able to live well, meaning the simplest form in the simplest term. Pragmatism is a way of dealing with problems or situations that focuses on practical approaches and solutions. Since pragmatism often contrasted with the word idealism, in theory, however, we will apply the one that will work in our practice. That being said, I'd like to introduce our guest for episode 91. I have witnessed the journey of a young artist that is already stamping her way to the music industry, performing interstate playing with international bands and artists an orchestra singer in the University of Baltimore, Maryland, UMBC, and a black belter in the art of Taekwondo. By far my youngest guest here in Talk Active. I'm honored to present to you guys Ina Aquino. Hello. Hi, Ate. You notice that song? What song? <laughs> you hear that? You can't. Okay, you're going to hear this. This is going to be a surprise for you. What is it? That's the one that you perform in the orchestra. Oh, I can't hear it. These are, but like, I'm Something is off. I knew it. I was like, we're going to check it out later, though. But we're rolling. I got you in the recording here. I mean, what's happening with you? I'm good, Tito. Um, I actually, speaking of orchestra, my voice professor is retiring, so I just got back from a lunch with them. Um, oh, voice that's is the meeting. Music is everywhere. Yeah, that good was the stuff. meeting that good I was. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I was I was showing the audience, you know, because I was inviting new peoples in here that I, I think that 
it's creating a lot of, you know, impact on not just to their family, but to their community. And with the positivity that you guys emit to your surroundings, I'm, I'm truly honored to, you know, give you a little of your time to, you know, spread your stuff in here. That being said, I'd like to ask you, can you tell our audience your main gig, you know, your main, since you don't work yet? Well, technically you are in school, but yeah. yeah. Um, So I mainly perform around the DMV area. I'm part of a, um, a cover rock band, a pop rock band called Crash Chords. It, um, contains my brother and three other boys that I consider my brothers. We've been together since 2013. Um, our most recent gig is we opened for the Filipino band Mayonnaise and I Belong to the Zoo. They're really big in the Philippines and they were on tour in the United States. So we Definitely. opened for them as front act. Um, but I also just do little gigs um, here and there. I sing at St. Joseph's Church every Sunday, um, lead a contemporary worship band. Um, I did a wedding on Saturday. <laughs> um, Busy. I did a baptism last month. Like, you know, just like provide yeah. music for anybody who who um, who wants to hear any good music. Good yeah. stuff. And you guys also perform in the national anthem of the Washington Wizards, did you? Yeah. So during the COVID year, I think 2021, we sang, um, I sang the national anthem with my band um, for the Wizards um, game. <laughs> See, that's just a few guys. I mean, this kid's a different breed. This, I mean, this is like we're talking about international and, and um, it's just different level. Now, in your own understanding, Ate, given of, you know, your experience, especially in the music field, how do you define the meaning of the sentence, the perfection is the enemy of action? Oh, that's uh, that's really bad for me. I'm a bad perfectionist um, in, in the context of it's hard for me to write songs because I need it to be so perfect. If it's not anywhere close to Are how I want it, I scrap it. I mean... It's that's the biggest that's the biggest surprise to everybody when they hear that I have trouble writing songs. I don't really release my my music to people just because it's really difficult for me to put out something that I'm not 100% proud of. But that's why perfectionist is like your enemy. If you sometimes you have to really just let go and allow yourself to just trust yourself and what you create in order to get things done. Because if you're just like me, so hung up on it being perfect, nothing's going to get done. Good stuff. Good stuff. I think uh, last episode, I, I talked to my professor and he, he told some same thing that, um, you know, when an artist thinks they do not plan it, their creativity just popped out out of nowhere and yeah. you cannot plan that. And that, that's some good stuff right there. Now, how would I know your mom? I know your dad. I know everything, everybody in your family. But this yeah. is question right here. How would your parents describe what you do? Okay, that's so funny. So my dad would probably describe it me as um, steamroller. I just keep going and going and going and going. And sometimes he he's very good at keeping up with me, but he always tries his best to keep me grounded. <laughs> but that's how he would describe me is just I keep going and going and going and going. And my mom, just because we share very similar sentiments, she'd probably describe it as passionate. She's all about passion when she does anything it 
it always comes from her heart. Nothing is ever, you know, excuse my language, but half-assed with her. Right, right, right. For sure, like, she puts her all in everything. So just a passionate steamroller going about her day. discipline in your family is different because we practiced last weekend. I don't don't know if Atabini is going to see this, but I, I don't think she will. But yeah, I saw their workflow, their family, and I was like, when I went to the basement and I was like, what, what? It's different yeah. communication. It's not about, ah, yeah, that's a wrong chord. That's A, B, no, it's different. And I was like, yeah. that's like Chinese in here, different language has been <laughs> spitting out in the air. Just like, mm, this is how they communicate because they're all musicians. Yeah. And, and it's just amazing how you guys look at each other. They're fan, like crazy moments. And then there's like in-sync moment. And your chemistry with your family is definitely a musician environment. Yeah. Now, what is a funny story of your family tells about you that you'd like to share? Huh. Well, a funny story that my family would like to share. Well, I guess um, my go-to is just like when my mom... Well, it's not really about me. I wasn't born yet. But my mom told me that when I was in her stomach, she used to tape an earbud with um, either Mozart or Beethoven onto her stomach. And every time... Mozart or Beethoven would play, I would kick my Yo. feet in her stomach. So it's just kind of like they embedded music in me. But I guess they would also tell me um, funny things that they would tell me is look look at the videos, like look at videos of yourself when you were younger and when I would like cry after messing up or something and then just see how far you've come with that. Like, why were you crying back then? You know, and, and now I just laugh That's whenever insane. I look back at myself and all of my mistakes. That's insane. So literally when you're still in the womb, she puts like a probably a bigger driver's what you're wearing right now and just listen to classical. Um, That's amazing. When I work out in the gym, that Beethoven number seven. I love that. I love that. Oh, number seven is a good one. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Now tell me about the three most influential people in your life and how would they impact you? Okay. Do do you want me? Is it okay to include my parents? I can make them. Anyone, because the way your skills is really in a different level, and I would love to know. I mean, yeah, anyone. Three. I'll I'll bunch my parents as one person and as the most influential. Um, definitely my parents. Um, they they've pushed me from a young age to do music even when I didn't want to because they were the first people to like believe in me and know that I was going to be good at this hopefully people think I am and I hope that I um I please people with my music but they've always pushed me to keep going um they were the ones who placed me on the guitar and told me to keep singing and gave me all these opportunities to sing uh lead sing lead things with music my parents are definitely one of them. Um, the next person would probably be uh, my Tito Rohel, uh, Rohel Maprangala. He's my guitar teacher for 11 years now, um, or not 11 years, but like nine, 10 years. Um, he taught me how to play guitar. He was the one who formed our band, um, Crash Course. Yeah. Um, his two sons are in our band. Um, he taught me everything there is to know about guitar. Um, I was self-taught for two years, and then my dad was like, it's time for you to learn a little bit more. So Tito helped me. Not only that, he's like a second father figure to my brother and, right. and I. He's really awesome. And I, a third person, um, it's hard to pick between my college professors, so I think I'm just going to say God 
because God, right. um, most of my songs are that I have released to people that have heard um, are about God. And he is um, a big inspiration of why I write. He's like my voice in the back of my head telling me if this is good or not. Yep. Um, I pray with my music and um, just because I sing in the church also, I really need to have a good connection um, and relationship with God. So he's definitely in the, my top three of people that influence me with music. That's that's really admiring. I, I remember a couple of my episodes, maybe 30 or 40 episodes, I asked your dad and you in doing my podcast in the middle of break. I played your your original oh, song. Yeah, that was, that was a really good song. I got a lot of compliments all the way to San Francisco. And it's amazing. Oh, yep, definitely, you. definitely. That was, uh, I'm going to post a link in here for that, for that um, episodes. Now, so far in your field, what is the most important lesson you learned over your career? Um, I think the most important thing would be be patient with your craft because I think for me, I'm back to just being a perfectionist. I want things to get done immediately in terms of my growth, but even I don't even sound the same as I sound last year. Like my voice keeps evolving and that's the same right. for all musicians. Like your voice will, your voice and your instrument, you're only just going to keep getting better as long as you keep doing what you're doing, but you have to be patient. You can't just rush yourself because like greatness takes time. Right. Right. And definitely. You can't, you can't just like expect greatness to happen overnight. That's like not realistic and it's not, common right but real greatness takes time love patience so i would just say be patient with your craft and be patient with everything it is that you want to do with yourself because if you're not then you're just going to find yourself stumbling backwards every time but if you're patient and you you respect the time it takes for your growth to happen then for sure things will flourish for you good stuff good stuff slow it down definitely definitely yeah. Amazing. We have talked about that last time as well. If I have an advice to my young self, because um, in the past 2006 or seven, I was living really fast and I thought I was invincible. Mm -hmm. Given that I was raised as a Christian family, you know, my Lola is really hardcore Christian in the Philippines. But when I broke both of my femur and my C3 in a bad car accident, that really woke me up mm -hmm. and it teach me how to, you know, put the foot on the pedal on, on the brake pedal so slow yeah. down good stuff i like to hear that to young people man awesome awesome now who has been your most important professional mentor professional. okay to be fair to all the three i won't choose one of them but um i think right now um my voice teacher her name is dr seon jung she's from korea um, she was the first person, she was my first real professional vocal teacher, and I've been with her for four years. She's the one who taught me how to sing classical and opera music, which I never knew that I had in me until I went into college. Um, Dr. Jung, she is extraordinary. You can look her up on YouTube. It's just Young Jung, and she is Nice. Um, unreal her voice nice. is unreal and it's it's nice having people like that to strive to want to be like them because she's definitely someone i want to be like one oh, day yeah. i'm gonna definitely 
I'm going to definitely look on that one. Uh, yes. It's funny because this thing, there's a lot of new integration in my podcast. My intro music was your play in UMBC, the opera. You were, that was the intro. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't play on you, man. I, this is what, what I'm talking about, you know, all this new text that I put together and it didn't. Mm. But what underrated tool that you have is an indispensable for your job? Oh, that's a good question. Um, underrated tool. Is it okay to say sleep? Oh, yeah. I mean, your voice is your tool, so so that's sleep. Yeah, well, so for me, I don't... Um, I just Whoa. know that people of my generation, they don't sleep. Um, uh, I don't sleep. And people are like, oh, I'm not a morning person. And things happen more in the nighttime. But I've learned that if I don't sleep before a performance, I immediately feel it when the performance happens. Like, there have been times where I slept at, like, 2 a.m., I don't know, talking with friends, hanging out with people, and then I have a recital in the morning, and I'm, like, trying to, again, speed up the process of my voice getting warmed up, waking up. This one thing that people don't understand sometimes is that your vocal cord is not something that you can just, like, tune, and mm. it'll be ready the way right, that you can right. just tune a guitar. You don't sing well in the morning, and the best time you sing is at night because you're talking all day. You're constantly warming up your voice. So if you don't sleep, it's like your voice doesn't sleep either. So I would say an underrated tool is sleep that nice. I need, that I work on and really take That pride. being said, <laughs> follow-up question in that one. During, you yeah. know, you guys um, got like, you know, opening on, on concerts and all that stuff. Would you get excited? How do you manage that? I... Actually, that's a really good question, Tito, because I used to be very bad with my anxiety and um, stage fright. Um, it I used to be really bad where I would cry before performances or I would like panic. I would not talk. I wouldn't eat. But quite recently, the mayonnaise gig was the first gig where I was like, I'm so ready and I'm so excited. You're pumped up. And I think... And I think that that difference would just be because I have more confidence as in myself as a musician the more confidence you have with yourself the easier it is to deal with the nerves because you're confident in what you've practiced and confident right. with what you've done so um when i deal with all that excitement i guess well first thing is i lift it all up back to god and be like thank you god for giving me all of mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. excitement and all this mm -hmm. opportunity and i would channel all of that emotion into my performance because people can tell when you're faking it up there so if it's all raw emotion that you're feeling, channel it all out into your performance and people will be feeling it with you. So. That is insane because I've seen you in the past because I've known you guys for like forever. Um, maybe when you were middle school and I see you singing and I, I really can't tell the difference of the previous you and now. That being said, what good advice can you tell the younger generation who might be, you know, following your path or singers um a good tip probably if they're listening i know for some there's some young people because i can see the demographic of the of the podcast if there are singers in there at the younger age what would be like maybe a little tip that you can give them mm -hmm. um i would say a youthful mind is a creative mind 
there's a reason why I'm I'm also a nursing major, so I also right. study all the psychology about child development, and I want to work with kids one day. So I've like there's a reason why kids have such a bigger imagination when they are younger, um, and why I feel like you should utilize that more when you're young. Utilize whatever comes into your head, and um, anything, anything can be, um, can make something. So if if any young people are watching, just trust your mind and trust your creativity, trust yourself and know that a youthful mind is a creative one. And it's not like no disrespect for the older ones, but mm-hmm. when you're young, you know, you have a lot of thing, lots of potentials, a lot of what Indeed. ifs that Definitely. you that have no set um set timeline or set anything so it's all it's all something that could be and there's so much you can work with with what could be so when you're making a song or when you're channeling something into your performance just remember to trust yourself and trust your creativity good advice thank you for that advice now if you could start a business tomorrow what (laughs) business would be oh Hmm. Does it have very, to be music related? Very <laughs> random. That's going to be up to you because you were going to picking up your brains here because, you know, you, you throw yeah. a lot of good stuff and I just want to twist it more. Yeah. Business. Business. I'm like the last person to talk about business, actually. But if I were to, hmm, maybe. Wow, Tito, you stumped me here. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I got my That's professor. I got the previous guess in that one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I like this. I'm getting you okay. guys. What business? Okay. If it were to be a business, it would probably be like custom um, postcards or something because I really like stationery. Do you want me to show you Art? one of them? Yeah, those definitely. Yeah. So I do um, journaling because um, it's a good way to calm any anxiety that I have for me it's like a good coping mechanism uh but like I do scrap oh that's journaling. a coping coping mechanism just so, ma- oh okay yeah, I see that so Maddie I does do, that too yeah so it's oops but yeah I do a lot of these things I rip up paper and then it just gets put onto here and um wow maybe if I were to start a business I guess I would I would um you know you, you know, can you can do this so. one day right you can do a biography of yourself with that one We'll see. Yeah, that's we'll insane. See. Yeah, and Thank and you. I've been hired and do some, you know, audiobooks in ACX and and Apple uh, mm-hmm. books. A lot of authors that I auditioned, some of them does their own biography. Oh wow! One day, so even they, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy in that market, and you never know one day. But hey, that's a different perspective, indeed. That's very, very, yeah. you know, different angle right there. Now, what's one lesson your job has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Mm, you're not the best. <laughs> that's that's the lesson for me. You're not the best. Um, going into university, I I thought I was pretty good. But then when I get step foot on campus and you're surrounded by people who also think they're pretty good you get humbled immediately and if there's one lesson that just like you i would like that i took away from is i am not the best by far and i need to humble myself immediately (laughs) if i want to get better um there's just a lot of people who are with amazing talent who have the same mindset as you so 
if you know if you keep thinking you're the best you're not going to get better nice that's that's the thing just think just remember that there are a lot of people who work hard too and you just gotta you just gotta keep up and work hard as well i've heard that a lot especially for um field of football um mixed martial arts or someone's going to be bigger and better than you that's going to take over if you don't humble yourself you're going to get eaten alive that's amazing that's amazing immediately by people that you you didn't think would eat you alive your friends will eat you alive unintentionally just by how good they could be and of course your professors have no problem eating you alive when you don't do well so amazing man what three books you'd recommend to my audience and why Oh my gosh, if you asked me this like two months ago, I would give you no books, but I've been reading so many books Three recently. Let me get them, Tito. Oh, okay. Picking <laughs> up your books in there. Yeah, I have I'm so telling many books. you right now. These are my yeah. favorite books. Okay, um, let's see. Okay, this is hard. So they're all, um, if you have Three. young viewers, they're probably going to think I suck because these are like very, ch- ch- like, amateur reading books but i just recently got back into reading um the first one is ugly love they're all by colleen hoover ugly love is a um novel about um people who are like in a friends with benefits relationship a guy who doesn't want any strings attached but ends up falling in love with somebody oh man that's Um, a movie that's a that's a disney movie And the whole reason why he didn't want to fall in love is because the girl that he used to be with, like, completely, like, he hurt her really okay. bad. So he was just like, that's that. This one, Verity, is a psychological thriller um, that's about a um, a husband whose wife got in a freak accident and is basically paralyzed, brain dead, um, but her spirit kind of keeps roaming the house. That sounds like Doctor Strange. Yeah, Yeah. and then this is the most recent book I finished. It's called All of Your Perfects. And again, they're all by Colleen Hoover. This one is is about someone who two people found out that their significant others were cheating on them. um, And they they found out at the same time, and then they end up falling in love. But it's a then and now perspective. So one chapter is in the past, the next chapter is the present. Then the past chapters show how lovely their relationship was, and then the present show how their marriage is failing. So very yeah. versatile. You, you see, bucks. you see the pattern that I'm doing here. I'd like to see <laughs> yeah. how you do in your singing, how you do in your yeah. work, and I want to pick, you know, your personal time. And you can see the different patterns of this artist. You cannot read them, guys. That's 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 all I can say. We are approaching at the. Um, I don't want to eat more of your time, but we are approaching in our end segment here now. What's one question you wish I'd asked you, and how would you answer it? Ah, that's the golden question right there, Tito. <laughs> um, hmm. <laughs> I wish you could ask me something I regret in my musical career. And I, I think the one thing I would tell you is nothing, um, is that I don't regret anything. Amazing. And, 
there have been a lot of times where I look back and I'm like, did I really run off the stage crying after I made a mistake? Or did I really, you know, have an adrenaline rush and say something that was awkward? But I look back on myself and I'm like, I regret nothing that I've done. Every mistake that I've made has shaped me into the performer and the person that I am. And if you live life with no regrets, you're going to spend the rest of your life being happy with everything that gets thrown at you. So. That's amazing. Can you hear that though? You cannot hear that, but I'm cha-chinging in here. I can't hear it. On my sound right there. (laughs) You can hear this in the finished product though, but that's amazing advice and that's amazing question that you answered. Uh, Man, we're learning a lot in this one. I'm learning a lot. Now, once again, if you learn about this podcast, it's not about people, but this is about us spreading and contributing to the universe. We have a signature question here in Talk Active, Adi. On your own method, how would you share your practice of wisdom, justice, courage, and moderation? In my own practice, like in my craft? Yeah, definitely. One sentence, you know, couples. Yeah, you don't have to go through the, you know, wisdom, justice, courage, and moderation, because that's just a long word for stoicism. But that would be the definition of stoicism is that practice. So how would you, um, you know, how would you share your practice? I guess I would just tell people to to know what you believe in and make sure that you fight for it actively um, in whatever you do, whether it's a song that you know will hit somebody really hard and right. they need to hear it or physically telling somebody like this is wrong. And, you know, I think especially with a lot of controversy in the world right now, as long as you be- you know what you believe in, you stand firm in it. Um you can't go wrong with anything because everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but just make sure whatever it is you stand for is morally good and right. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. I'm going to play that later on guys, cause we are going to end, <laughs> enter our end segment. The, my child song that we've been playing. That was her, that was her music. Oh, you know, that it's, you. it's one in my sound bank. It's actually right here, but at the Ina, I truly appreciate your time. I thank you so much for sharing your practice, you. your craft, and it really humbles me to know, you know, people like you can perform awesome things. Your brother, your mom, your dad, amazing band. And here you are talking to us, sharing this very simple things that keeps you grounded in evolving at the same time. You're like a Pokemon here. You're evolving every time. <laughs> this Mewtwo. Oh my it's gosh. amazing. Yeah. I thank you so <laughs> thank much you for your so. time, Ate. Guys, we're going to... Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Definitely. Definitely. I always invite, you know, good stuff in here because I'd like to spread out some positivity. And one way or the other, unconsciously, we're contributing to the young generations or people that looks up to this and they will realize that, hey, hey, it's not too late. You know, it's a lot of things happening. It's only a fail if you do not follow up on it and, you know, don't act on it. But Ate, I truly appreciate your time, Ate. Thank you so much, guys. We're hitting our end segment here. In the 1960s, psychiatrist Aaron Beck pioneered research on cognitive distortions in this development of a treatment method known as cognitive behavioral therapy. In other words, exaggerated thinking, patterns that have destructive impact on the life of the patient. The most common example of this behavior is 
I'm pretty sure you've heard about this is the quote, all or nothing thinking. Basically, it only points out to the final outcome of a situation. Either you win or you lose. Either it's a success or a failure. It does not recognize anything in between. It is linked that this sort of extreme thinking is associated with depression and frustration. Why? Because perfection rarely achieve perfection. Hence, disappointment. Pragmatism does not have it. Pragmatism takes what it can get. We're humans, after all. We're never going to be perfect. Instead, we should be aiming to our pursuit on progress, no matter how small it may give us. Thank you guys for listening. Always remember, God is good all the time. It's your main boy. Peace out.